he just got to go in, get it out there, rock and roll. Starting uh, back at his dad's place, working with uh, NGOs, realizing wow, the real the real market here is you know we're selling. NGOs through consultants to NGOs. And so they built up this concept, GrowSumo, which basically helps people like QuickBooks and other big folks manage all of their resellers. They have a base fee that they charge their 200 customers plus performance fee. The performance fee is obviously growing faster. The base fee helps them cover costs. They've raised north of a million bucks, but not any you know big significant amount of capital, growing 25% month over month in terms of growth rate, less than 2% logo churn per month with their team of 20 folks based there in Toronto, launched in 2015. This is the Top Entrepreneurs Podcast, where founders share how they started their companies and got filthy rich or crash and burn. Each episode features revenue numbers, customer counts, and other insider information that creates business news headlines. We went from a couple hundred thousand dollars to 2.7 million. I had no money when I started the company. It was $160 million, which is the size of many IPOs. We're bootstrapped. We have like 22,000 customers. With over 5 million downloads in a very short amount of time, major outlets like Inc. are calling us the fastest growing business show on iTunes. I'm your host, Nathan Latka, and here's today's episode. Hello, everyone. My guest today is Luke Swanick. He's the co-founder and VP of sales at a company called GrowSumo, a Y Combinator and venture-backed company. Before GrowSumo, he helped his dad build a blues theater attached to the back of his house and was active in nonprofit communities. All right, Luke, are you ready to take us to the top? Let's go. Come on. Blues sounds way more fun to me than software. What happened? Yeah. I mean, uh, it was, it was pretty neat when I was working with my dad, actually, I started a lot of side projects. Uh You know, my dad was starting his own thing. Um, and one of them ended up to be nonprofit volunteer management, which evolved into external partner management, which evolved into channel partner program management. Um, so it did sort of happen at around the same time, but, uh, I find it to be equally as fun. So what, what year was that when you're helping your dad on the, on the add-on? I think that that would have been probably around 2014. Okay. And how, um, are, how, how old were you then and how old are you today? I would have just graduated. I'm just touching 30 now. I um, just had my birthday not too long ago. But uh, yeah, right out of school, I started working with my dad on that project and started to explore all the fun things that are side gigs. Okay. So yeah, keep going here. So, so like when was the first line of code written for GrowSumo? Yeah. So when we started working on kind of the nonprofit and volunteer management space, um, that would have been probably in early 2014, I believe. Um, and we just started, you know, speaking with NPOs, speaking with high schools that had a lot of students that were looking to volunteer. And what we found was that the nonprofit space is incredibly finicky. So everyone's kind of waiting for grant funding to come in. And when they get their financing, then they can talk about actually investing in some scalable infrastructure. And it was a it was a hard place to play in, and not really something that we were enjoying. But Who's we, we, by the way? Just you and your dad, or do you have co-founders at this point? No, so it was my co-founder, so Bryn, Neil, and John. So Bryn and I had known each other for a decade. He was a member of Canada's national swim team, and then we met John and Neil actually at our old university, um, and they were just starting to really get into programming. John had his own dev shop, um, and Neil was just starting to code. And they ended up being horses, and that was pretty evident pretty quickly. And we started building this thing out together. So the four of us have lived together in random combinations, you know, several times over the last three years. Um, But we got to know each other through the university campus and 
started building it together. Who convinced who to like take no salary, sweat yourself to, you know, death? I mean, who, who convinced the others to do this thing at the beginning when there was yeah. no money? Well, it was a slow boil, to be honest, right? Like it was a project. Um, how do we build something that we can actually get people to use and to want to use? And it started with a ton of great feedback from NPOs. and From you, based off of the work you're doing with your dad? Yeah, based upon some of the work. I wasn't working on it with my dad. I was just at my dad's place when I started this side gig by myself. Um, and so, you know, all four of us were kind of out there hitting the pavement, talking to people, trying to get a sense of what was going on. And what we found actually was that we were selling more through these nonprofit consultants that we had relationships with than what we were doing internally. And so we actually had the idea on, you know, what happens if we build scalable infrastructure behind these partner processes. And so what we did was we took basically 48 hours to run a test. Neil and John set up a basic mock landing page that would just, you know, have a company's name and the partner program channel manager's email address. And if somebody wanted to sell for one of these companies, it would just send them an email through our platform. And we had about, I don't know, roughly 25 to 70 companies. I can't remember for the life of me, sign up in 48 hours. And that How did you get traffic to the page? Something. We just called the shit out of everyone. Um, so we didn't know what a partner channel was. We didn't know that reseller programs were a thing. Yeah. We had no familiarity in the affiliate space. Like all of this was new. So as we reached out to companies that we liked, we found the points of contact for people that were running these kinds of programs. Um, and we just cold called them all. Probably made 200 plus calls in the first 48 hours. Um, it was interesting. We had no nibbles initially. Nobody cared for it because they would go, they would look at our network. And, and what year was this, by the way? This would have been early 2015. Okay, got it. Um, so they they saw that there was nothing on our page. So we threw up fake logos like Zenefits was huge at the time, Dropbox, you know, those kinds of companies. I love, I love it. It's what, it's what you have to do, right? Yeah. And then people are like, oh shit, Dropbox is using you. Yeah, for sure. Um, so all of a sudden people would sign up and we got some traction on that. And then literally within two months of that, we applied to YC for what was our third time, um, but first time with this business. And we got in. And so obviously YC has a funding model. How much have you raised to date? Um, so we still haven't announced actually. We've been like really, really, really capital efficient. Um, but we've raised from, you know, firms like Y Combinator, Real Ventures. Um, we are venture back for sure. Okay. But like sub a million? Uh, no, it's over a million. Over a million. Okay, got it. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to get a sense of when you say, I've never had someone say that, say, someone say that before. When you say you haven't announced, is that because you're in the middle of raising or it's just something strategically you don't want to disclose? Um, so we are thinking about going out and doing a raise soon, but it's uh -huh. honestly, it's just kind of the founder mentality that we have. We're really humble in how we approach a lot of things. Um, when we went through YC, we were honestly the youngest company in the batch. And we were probably in terms of time, your age, like your physical age or the company's age, the company's age, there were younger, younger founders for sure. Um, but there are some companies that go through YC that are post series a. And so when we had gone through, you don't typically raise financing when your company's four months old. Um, but we had the unique opportunity of graduating through YC and getting in front of these investors. So we knew that the cash that we brought on would still have to take us through kind of our discovery and build phase. Um, so we were really capital efficient on that and we raised more than enough to do exactly that. Um, but in terms of the mentality that we take and the way that we go about building things, we try to be really humble. Um, we try to not talk about some of the numbers that we've hit necessarily. Sure. Because I know when I was in my founding days hearing early, you know, big numbers and things that other founders had raised, it kind of felt intimidating. And I think the reality is, is that anyone can do this. They just have to ship it. Yeah. But Luke, um, to be clear, you use a little bit of this kind of 
throw out some big stuff to get your first deals. That's why you throw up a, a Zenefits logo, right? You, you know that it works. So these numbers can actually work to your advantage as well. It's, it's all dependent on kind of how the context. A hundred percent. Yeah. I, yeah. I think when you're talking to customers, um, you want to ensure that they feel comfortable with your business and what you can build. But when you're talking to people that are prospectively trying to build something, um, it's about knowing that you don't need anything to get going. You can just move on it. Yeah. So what's your, talking about how you charge, is it a pure place SaaS model? No, it's not actually. And so that, that's been a unique challenge for us. So we charge an annualized fee or a monthly fee for smaller companies. And then we charge a performance fee based upon the revenue driven by partners. So we, we have re- some really big companies, right? Like Intuit, Asana, Evernote, FreshBooks, et cetera. Actually, are those just logos you're throwing out because they're hot right now? Nope, those are all real. All right, um, good. Those are all real. Buffer's, Buffer's a company as well, Unbounce, Reverb, some, some really good looking companies. And so those companies, you know, there are costs associated with onboarding and managing those programs effectively. So we charge a base fee so that we can cover the costs of supporting businesses of that size. And then the way that we really generate revenue is on performance. Yeah. So, so Luke, just to be clear on that, let me quantify that. True or false, more than 60% of your revenue is coming from the performance, not that base fee. Uh, false. Currently, the majority is coming through the base fee. Okay. But the revenue fee is what is growing much, much faster. So as our network grows in size, um, we transition from, you know, charging the SaaS fee so that we can solve really that distributed network of open global channel partners selling, you know, a variety of integrated software solutions worldwide. And so what is, give me an average, like what's the average base fee people, someone's paying you? Um, it, on a, so the average is really wide. It goes from as low as 300 to as high as 15,000 a month. Okay. Um, so really, really big gaps in there. And what would you say in averages though? I know, I know it's tough, but I don't want to go down every cohort. Let's drop it at 1500. Okay. A month. Yeah. Got it. And what does that, what does that kind of base program buy them? Yeah. So it's a fully automated experience for your partners, right? So some people run customer advocate and ambassador programs and affiliate programs and sell through accountants and sell through resellers. And some people are even selling through banks and franchises through Grosumo. So you can work with as many different channel partners as you can. Um, and, and basically, we automate the onboarding, the asset management, the tracking and attribution, the engagement and the partner payouts and compliance. So everything that's associated with working with what is basically a global distributed sales force we take care of out of the box. And the value for that is astronomically high given just how expensive it is to hire and manage salespeople internally. Um, Why not hire one or two people? Evernote literally has two people managing 10,000 external sales agents. That's that's astronomical. Do they use you? Do they pay you? Yes. Evernote, okay, good. So you've mentioned a few big logos, but I assume you have a big long tail as well. I mean, how many customers are you working with today? Today, so I don't have a hard number, but I would say just a little north or south of... 200. I, like you guys, have never been able to find a project management tool that I love. You know, my blog writers like one thing, my developers like one thing, my designers like a different thing, and it's so difficult to get them all on the same page. So when I had Roy Mann, the CEO of Monday.com on the show, I was pleasantly surprised at what he told me regarding his traction and his growth, and I said, maybe I should try this thing. So we now use Monday.com. I started with the magazine. We've launched the Latka magazine, solely dedicated to SaaS founders. It's the only magazine focused on SaaS. And my content writers and my designers worked beautifully together 
on that project using monday.com for project management. I then said, well, let me give it a real test. Let me see if I can use this for sprints and product cycles with my developers using it as well. And so we did that for GitLatka on our last release. It worked like a charm. Never before have I been able to find one tool that my developers, my designers, and my writers, and myself can use and be happy with. You know, for me, I do most of my work waiting on the boarding deck about to get on a plane. I have to be able to access this stuff on my mobile device, and it works beautifully. We've been using it for several months now, and I said, Roy, I'd love to introduce this to my audience, but you got to give me a great discount. Make me a great offer. He said, Nathan, okay, fine. If your folks sign up and try today, we'll give them 10% off all plans if they use this link, nathanlacka.com forward slash Monday. So you can go there, try it for free, and if you decide to start paying, you'll get 10% off. Again, that's nathanlacka.com forward slash Monday. Generally speaking, strategically moving forward, both in your what your salespeople are focused on and what your product's focused on, are you kind of going after enterprise or do you actually see a big opportunity in the long tail as well? Yeah, so let's take Intuit as an example customer, right? So QuickBooks Online, huge enterprise account. Now, there are 500 apps more that integrate with QuickBooks Online. So for every single QB app, they want their partners to not only sell their product, but they want their partners to sell their integration with QuickBooks Online as well. So when we go after large enterprise, every single customer that integrates with them is interested because they can basically create a shared partner network. So because a QuickBooks or an Intuit partner can sell the QuickBooks integrated apps as well from the same dashboard on GrowSumo, um, we kind of hit both at the same time, which has created unique challenges in scaling. But in terms of building sort of a network effect business, um, it's huge. Yep. So it's, been, it's been a bit of both. And let's see if that reflects in your churn. Tell me about your churn. Yeah, so our churn is quite low, um, like very low. Like how low? So I would say lower than 2%. Okay, and that's low churn per month? Sorry? Is that logo churn per month? Um, yes. Okay. Yeah. And so the reason why it's low is on our invoices, because for the most part, we charge the performance fee. Yeah. We, we literally approved an invoice a couple of weeks ago that said, you know, you owe GrowSumo $2,000 because you made $16,000, right? When you show that on your invoice and that's how companies pay you, your churn is really low. And that's so why it surprised me though. That's why it surprised me that your base revenue makes up more than your performance. Because if you have a direct closed loop, I would assume that the performance is way higher than your base. It takes time to ramp these programs, right? So if you say um, tomorrow, I'm going to get all of these small businesses, associations or consultants to start selling my product, it'll take them six, nine, 12 months to get ramped and to get there. So the companies, when they join initially, they tap into GrowSumo's network. I think we have like 40,000 partners, 8,000 were active last month. So there are partners that are actively selling software solutions that give companies a quick bump. And then you can invite your customers, get a little bump as well. But the long tail comes in when you start working with the resellers that require onboarding and you don't really see those returns for six, nine, 12 months. Yep. If you look at your entire business, this is maybe an interesting metric. Last 12 months, just the performance volume, like how many sales have you helped brands drive through their partners when you track total volume through you? Yeah. So uh, I don't, I unfortunately don't know the number. Um, okay. So that's not, enough, that's not an important number for you then. I thought maybe it might be. It's a hugely important number. Okay. Um, but as, as the leader of the sales team, um, my focus is on not necessarily the success levels that happen after the fact. Um, we have an enterprise CSM team that's really, really good 
at ensuring that the market and the network dynamics are healthy. What's the total um, team size, Luke, right now? We're small. We're less than 20. Great. Um, and we've done that all on the premise of capital efficient, be humble, be hungry. Yep. And you guys, you said you're, you're profitable right now or break even? Um, we're neither yet. Okay. We could be pretty soon if we wanted to. Um, but again, we charge less than a SaaS business would because what we care about is the long tail impact of having a network business um, charging on the performance. So if we wanted to be SaaS and be profitable, we probably would have been there several months ago. Um, it's just not what we're building. Let me ask you another question when you talk about efficiency. So, so, and maybe you, maybe you touch this being the head of sales. Um, payback period. What do you like to keep payback period at? Three and a half months. Oh, good. You knew that right away. So you, you have that dialed in pretty closely. Yeah. Okay. And you gave me that average earlier, basically of fifteen hundred bucks. And I multiply that times three point five to assume CAC is what forty five five grand, something like that. No. So we've never done any marketing promotion, etc. Our heavy investment is in getting these companies set up effectively. So we put a lot of human resources towards the onboarding. Sorry, I should have said fully weighted CAC, not like Google Ads. Yeah. Yeah. Got it. So is that right? Fully weighted CAC, including your humans that are onboarding all that. Maybe call it three, four, five grand per customer, something like that. Sorry, so when you said payback period, I was answering kind of on companies. So how long it takes for them to hit break even on their initial gross sumo oh, investment. Oh, got yeah. it. Our, I'm at the our other side. Costs are, no, ours are, ours are ridiculously low. So the way that we acquire companies is, you know, Intuit launches their program. Um, companies that integrate with Intuit right away want to participate in our network. Asana does the same thing. Everything integrates with your accounting solution or your task management solution. So those integrated companies want to join. Similarly, we have our own network of 40,000 partners that have solutions that they want to sell, right? They have products that they want to promote. So they go out and speak with these companies and say, look, I want to sell your software. And easily the best way for me to do it is if you were to use Grossumo. Yeah. But Luke, so, even with that, though, I'm sorry, I don't mean to keep cutting you off, but we're running out of time. Um, you have a small sales team inside the 20, call it maybe three, four people. So when you do fully weighted CAC, I mean, there are salaries you're kind of dividing there. I mean, what do you look at fully weighted CAC or it's not really something you care about right now? It's not really something that we care about right now. Um, it's not even so we're not even necessarily at the point where those efficiencies and those kind of metrics matter because the growth is very real and pretty rapid. What is the uh, growth year over year right now? Uh, so year over year, I don't know because we're, we're still a baby company, but we're growing over 25, 35% month over month. Oh, that's great. Okay, good. 25% month over month. That's not bad. And that's in terms of like net logos or actual revenue. That's actual revenue. That's good. And I mean, you said plus or minus 200 customers earlier and that minimum base fee is 1500 bucks a month. And that's not even talking about performance based revenue. That's just the base fee. I mean, you guys are, if I multiply those, you're well north of 300 grand a month right now at this point, right? No, so that wouldn't be accurate. So I might okay. have misrepresented the fifteen hundred as the average deal size. Okay, that would be our average deal size. Of, let's say three or four months. So there are some early customers that we grandfathered in. Okay, um, that would be on you know borderline free accounts that wouldn't go towards that average customer value. I see, I see. So if I'm understanding you correctly, it's maybe less than three hundred grand. But can we put a bottom on it? I mean, between two hundred and three hundred at this point. Uh, it wouldn't be something that I would put a number on right now. Okay. Fair enough. Um, how do you, so look, uh, no offense, but obviously scaling smaller numbers is very easy, right? So 25 to 30% your month over month growth is easy if it's going from two bucks to, you know, seven bucks, right? How do you get to the point where this thing is, you know, cranking past 300 grand per month? What do you think it's going to be based on? Yeah. So there are, we're having conversations right now with some of the bigger, biggest resellers, frankly, in the world, right? So Banks own every small business 
bank account holder in the U.S. and Canada. And banks want to become the one-stop shop for their customers. And to do that, they want to sell software solutions to their small business customer base. So we're starting to talk to some of these global institutional resellers and help them transform the way that they're thinking about, you know, taking value to market, providing value to their clients. Um, And even businesses like Intuit, Asana, Buffer, Evernote, how do they approach their go-to-market strategy? How do they approach taking new products to market through a pre-existing partner channel? Um, So it takes time to build this kind of stuff. Again, not a SaaS-based business, um, but the opportunities and the conversations are are well beyond kind of the age and the company size, if you will. Great. Luke, let's wrap up here with the famous five. Quick answers here. Number one, what's your favorite business book? Uh, I like the hard thing about hard things. Long Walk to Freedom is great too, but it's not business direct, but I think speaks to it. Number two, is there a CEO you're following or studying right now? Um, I got to tell you, man, Bryn Jones, the guy that I work with, that dude is a beast. Brendan Jones? Uh, Bryn, my, my co-founder. Ah, got it. Um, he's, he's the guy that jumps out. He's done some amazing things just this morning. Um, kind of sticking out like a sore thumb. <laughs> Number three, what's your favorite online tool for building a business besides your own? Um, I think Outreach IO is really powerful um, for a lot of the automation. And of course, Intercom's a go-to. Number four, how many hours do you sleep to get every night? Uh, working on eight. Okay, that's good. And what's your situation? Married, single, you have kiddos? Uh, I've, I've had the same girlfriend for just over eight years. Oh, wow. Um, had I not done this, I would be married with a couple. <laughs> so no, no kiddos yet, just in a, in a partnership. All right. Very good. And how old are you? 30. 30. Last question. What do you wish your 20 year old self knew? Um, you know what? Fearless, man. Like it was, it, it just doesn't matter there. I, I read a lot of books on how to start a company early on. Um, and that stuff really kind of slowed me down because you try to be perfect and then you get it out there and it's just not. And, and I think that that would be the biggest thing was I hesitated a lot until you realize you just can't care. And then all of a sudden it starts working. Guys, there we have from Luke. You just got to go in, get it out there, rock and roll. Starting uh, back at his dad's place, working with uh, NGOs, realizing, wow, the real, the real market here is, you know, we're selling NGOs through consultants to NGOs. And so they built up this concept, GrowSumo, which basically helps people like QuickBooks and other big folks manage all of their resellers. They have a base fee that they charge their 200 customers plus performance fee. The performance fee is obviously growing faster. The base fee helps them cover costs. They've raised north of a million bucks, but not any you know big significant amount of capital growing 25% month over month in terms of growth rate, less than 2% logo churn per month with their team of 20 folks based there in Toronto, launched in 2015. Luke, thank you for taking us to the top. That was through the roof. Thanks, Nathan. (laughs)